This is the Suburb Boys Fantasy Sports Podcast with your co-hosts, Cole Campbell and Jack Scales. This is Suburb Boys Sports Podcast. Uh, we come to you today to settle beef, number one. Uh, we got beef in the league. There's beef a, in the league. Um, as you may or may not be aware, I am the commissioner of the league, and a trade came across my desk the other day. Um, a trade I felt was, uh, was wrong and inappropriate and had a responsibility to bring to the group chat to vote whether or not it was... Um, Viable or not, and, and we may have ruffled some feathers. Um, so, so let us read the trade first. Yes, yes, please. Yeah, we, we got Jay Mella on the phone. Jay Mella's live with us. So, um, Jay Mella, say hi to the people. What up? So, here's what Jay Mella the killer, the fleece doctor himself, would get in return. Mm-hmm. He would get Darren Waller, Jalen Waddle. James Robinson. Quite a haul, if you ask me. He would give up Juju Smith-Schuster, Gerald Everett, and Kareem Hunt. Now, this trade was proposed before Kareem Hunt scored his 11.2 fantasy points, which still is not the most impressive. But it, it factors in th- but, into but, the decision. But, you know, it does, it does factor in. Yeah. So, um, JML, let's hear your side of the story. Okay, first off, it happened before the trade deadline, too. Yep. So we didn't know if Cream Hunt was going to get traded. Absolutely. Fair enough. And then I thought how James Robinson just got traded to the Jets. Yep. He didn't really get much action his first game with them. So I saw that as Cream Hunt, the better out of them two. Sure. Um, okay. I can buy Darren that. Waller, Darren Waller's been hurt. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. Him. Like, yeah, he's a big name, but I didn't see him as – like, I didn't want him really. I just threw him in the trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I agree. And with I was you. given what, Everett? Yeah. Who's been, I just looked at his targets. I think he had nine last week. Yeah. He's been getting a good amount of targets, so I saw that as pretty equal. Yeah. And then, who are the two wideouts? I, so, I, I would agree. I, I think to this point, the trade has been very equal. This is where it goes off the rails, if you ask me. So, then what? I was getting Waddle. You're getting Waddle for. Juju. Waddles have had what two breakout games, and then the rest have been under twenty points. Yeah, but how many how many games has he played with Tua Tungavailoa healthy? When he plays with Tua healthy, he's a consistent player. Okay, Jace. Here's the thing: when when Jalen Waddle is playing with Tua, he's fifteen plus points every week. Juju plays with. Patrick Mahomes, Pat Mahomes yeah. every single yeah. week. And how about, how about the last two weeks? How much has he scored? Yeah, it's 22 and 25. He played yeah, Buffalo's bum secondary. Yeah, they're, they're playing all rookies oh, there. Good. But their secondary is not the greatest. I guess. And, I mean, let's be honest there. He got lucky because he had five targets. It's not like his target share was very high. Uh, and he scored oh, so a touchdown. It's their first year together. So those first weeks are testing it out and yeah. Each other. Oh, I feel you, Jay Miller. I'm all for fleecing. Let's get that clear. It's I. Not even a, it's not even a fleece though. I <laughs> pulled up a trade calculator and 
was like two points higher on what I was getting in return. Sure, the one that I pulled up was 11. I mean, they're, they're different trade calculators. You supplied the evidence, and I was cool with it after that. Here's the, uh, the total value that you would be getting when uh, what? I, what are you doing it on? Uh, roto trade. Okay. Okay. So you would have got 129.7 in total value with Darren Waller being worth 23. And you would be giving 81.7. See, that's Waller's overvalued. One, well, Waller in that trade is only worth 23. And Gerald oh, Everett's true. worth 20.9. But Jalen Waddle is worth 66.9. And Juju's worth 32.2. Okay, I feel like that's like exaggerated. I I guess I, the other part of this trade that I'm not a big fan of that that rubs me the wrong way is Connor Rice is uh, in theory your patsy. Like he he listens to you for all fantasy advice. So when that the is, trade comes across with Connor Rice, what what did you say? He said he's your patsy. He he listens to you for all his fantasy advice, man. It's the <laughs> you're, you're leading a blind kid into the river, man. <laughs> Did you guys not dress together? I, I helped him out, but I I'm mean, not. We were on the phone, but I was also texting plenty of people the day and week before. Of who should I take, Jay Jettas or Cooper Cup? I mean, to be fair, it would equal out over time. But I'll say you guys are more too involved than me and C Rice. <laughs> I I agree, but we both at least think independently. You have a you have a pet child over there. Can we bring can we bring up the rental quarterback situation? Absolutely, we can. We'd love to. Okay. Who Let's, is that between? Between us two. Yeah. Nobody had any any problem with it till the till the week after. Yeah. And I lost that week, so it's not like it matters. Well, I did that. Have a problem with it, but I didn't even bring it up because I didn't think we were gonna bring up problems, and then I make a fucking trade, and it's the end of the world. Hey, Jay Mella, you know where I stand. I didn't have a fucking problem with it. So so here's 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 why here's why here's I'm cool the with thing. the quarterback rental. Okay, well let's 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 just go back a little bit. Jock and Mason started this bullshit. With bingo their, bingo with their uh, with their little trade. Exactly. Yeah, so that just started somewhere. We're gonna start doing that. That's why I brought the trade up in the group chat to try. By and the way, vote. I could really use a rental player if anybody wants to give me one because I have, same here. I got four people on a, a buy this. Week I need a flex. Yeah, I've, I've never been in a league where that's been a thing. Yeah, and that's understandable. It's usually just waiver wire. Okay, so yeah, how, how, do we, how do we fix this problem, Jay Miller? What is your conclusion? Like, going forward, what should we do? Yeah, like, I, I'm cool with approving the trade now that Kareem Hunt actually looks like not dog shit. I would, I would approve the trade, and I would be willing to offer you the power of co-leader, co-commissioner, in order to balance the power amongst the two groups. Is that something that... That you would yeah, be already, okay with. I thought I already was co-commissioner. Uh, you were in, in, in name only, not not official powers. But right. Live on air today, right now, I will be making you co-commissioner. Okay. That's, i got to talk to C-Rice. And if you get C-Rice right. to repropose the trade, then the trade goes through. And the group chat can have their hissy fit, but <laughs> as long as there's no collusion and you swear by that, then... Yeah, I would never do any of that. Absolutely zero collusion. Because, Jay Mello, let's not forget, you said you were going to withhold the prize. Yeah, like I would ever do that. Yeah, I know. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, tell uh, tell them, or tell C. Rice to repropose the trade. 
We also have to realize when I was getting rid of Kareem Hunt, I'd have two backs. Like I was taking a risk in my depth. It's value. It's value. Uh, official live. You are now co-commissioner of the league. Okay. All right. All right. So, do, does C Rice have a, a comment potentially? Is, is he available for comment? It's C Rice. No, he has no comment. He's just making truck noises back there, huh? <laughs> He's a simple mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now that we have squashed the beef, I, I think we're good to move on. Jace, feel free to continue with your accounting. Thank you yeah, for uh, thank you for making it. an appearance and, and being the first guest in Suburb Boys Sports History. Yep. Yeah, I'm honored. Congratulations. Yeah. All right, Jay Miller, the kill. I'll see you later. Love you, buddy. All right, have a good show, boys. Love yep, you, my ya. boy. Nine minutes, 25 seconds. We told them it'd be less than 10. Yeah, no kidding. So um, that was the beef. Now, we'll get. I'll get my thoughts out of the way. I don't really have a problem with the whole trade thing because if you're dumb enough to get fleeced, that's completely on you. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, that's on you. To me, and C. Rice is – here's the thing. It's like picking on the um, – um, Pick your words correctly. Yeah. It's like picking on a a smaller child in the lunchroom. At the playground, yeah. Yeah, and asking them for their brownie. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just how you got how, how to view C. Rice in these moments. Yeah. Uh, C. Rice has a uh, very odd rationale in fantasy football. He proposed that he needs to build team chemistry. Yeah, he, he, was, he was the type of guy that wanted to take the ping pong table out of the metaphorical locker room of fantasy football. So he decided he was going to nuke his lineup with this trade, was his rationale side, to try and uh, change things up, get some better juju. Um, as much as we'd like uh, vibes to be a part of fantasy football, they're not. It's a math game. And uh, C. Rice is not a math guy. If you if you get to know the boy C. Rice, one day we'll, we will coax him out of his little – nest and, and get him onto the show but uh yeah let's roll back let's let's roll into the actual show now um obviously waivers go through tonight uh we're recording here on tuesday um so we will be uh publishing on wednesday give me your big waiver targets for the week and uh kind of what your thoughts are uh, you know as a whole from fantasy football this week um well, I'll go. I'm going to start with waivers. We'll yep. get into the whole fantasy discussion later in the Abs- week. Yeah, we'll t- we'll talk now, trades as well here at the end. Here's my um my waiver ad of the week, and this is not because I'm a Bears fan, and I know this might make people piss down their leg, but I got to go with Justin Fields. He is uh, because like if you look at his past three weeks, mm-hmm. uh, nineteen, twenty four, twenty six. Yep. And he played a Dallas defense that grades out really well against quarterbacks. Yep. Um, when it comes to uh, fantasy scoring. So, I mean, in that regard, that's why I just think – I think Justin Fields is kind of a good ad. Yeah, I, I'm one of the Especially guys. Especially if, if you need a quarterback. I mean, yeah. the dude's carrying the ball. 100%. More than eight – he hasn't carried the ball less than seven times a game. I mean, every one of those yards is – every 10 yards is a point. Mm-hmm. And his least amount of yards was 20. And that game he had a rushing touchdown. Mm-hmm. So there's Balances eight – Balances out. Yeah, there's eight points right there off rushing. Yep. So, I mean, I think that 
Justin Fields is a no-brainer right now if you need a quarterback. Yeah, I'm one of the people that's getting blitzed by the bye week this week, and I am adding Justin Fields as my pickup option right now on my waiver my waiver stash here to fill in for Dak Prescott for me. Um, I also like Khalil Herbert. Uh, he's available in 60% of leagues still, um, and, and if he's available, I think he's a guy you need to grab. He's He's had... He's taken a lot of advantage with the opportunities he's gotten. And at mm-hmm. the end of the day, that offense is starting to look better. And we'll get into it later more, but I think the addition of Chase Claypool will help them run on a softer box, which sometimes adding a wide receiver doesn't help running backs. I think in this case scenario it will yep. because the wide receiver talent's been so diminished there. The other one I would keep an eye on for my out of the week is Josh Palmer. Um, he's available in, I think, over 70% of leagues is what I looked at earlier. Um, again, uh, Keenan Allen is banged up. Um, we don't know if he's going to go this week. Um, and Mike Williams is obviously banged up, and he'll probably be out here for the next month. Yep. Um, um, I'd agree, as I have Mike Williams and Keenan Allen on the same fantasy team. Yeah. So I would absolutely agree. Um, if I have two more. Mm-hmm. So, and I know, so George Pickens is... Um, 76% of leagues mm-hmm. he is taken in. Yeah. If you're in that quarter. That 30%. Yeah. If you're in that quarter of the leagues that he's not taken, I'd absolutely grab him. Chase Claypool's gone. George Pickens' role gets a lot bigger. I'd even personally probably trade for him. Yeah. I have him on my team, but I think he's a good trade target. Mm-hmm. And my next ad of the week, mm-hmm. um, this might strike a lot of people as a little like, wow, but Terrence Marshall. That was uh, that was one I was starting to think. Eight targets, eighty-seven yards. PJ Walker looks like the truth. Now, this is why. Mm-hmm. Now, hear me out. Um, the Panthers mm-hmm. like to run the ball. Yep. When you go to their depth chart right now, mm-hmm. they have five wide receivers listed. Yep. They have five tight ends listed. Mm-hmm. So. Terrence Marshall is wide receiver two, mm-hmm. and DJ Moore is wide receiver one. So what that tells me is DJ Moore is getting the number one corner from every team, and Terrence Marshall is going to do Terrence Marshall things absolutely that he used to do. Yep. Like, let's not forget who Terrence Marshall is. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, hell of a player at LSU. Yeah, he was an absolute dog at LSU. And then the biggest thing about the Panthers is. Obviously, they play Cincinnati this week, which with Awuzie tearing his ACL is a little bit of a tastier matchup. Mm-hmm. But they get to play the Falcons again next week after that. Yeah. Like, so so you have a chance to get really quality points in the heart of bye week season. Yeah. So Terrence Marshall, um, I would I would probably add him if I if I needed a wide receiver, and I'd probably consider him. Um, so I like his situation. Yep. Think it's a great situation at LSU. Forty-eight receptions, seven hundred thirty-one yards, ten touchdowns. Forty-six receptions, sixty-seven, six hundred seventy-one yards, and thirteen touchdowns. I mean, the dude finds the end zone. Mm-hmm. He, and, he was he was a special special player and, at LSU. And, yeah, I mean, the, he's not as recognized just because he came after the truths. Yeah, the truths <laughs> themselves. Yeah, uh, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. Yeah, a- absolutely. I- I'm a big fan of him. I'll give you a couple more names here, real quick, uh, just to keep rolling, and then I'll give you 
names that I'm maybe going to stash here dynasty wise uh, if if they're not picked up already. I mean, obviously th- these guys will probably be dynasty pickups, but here kind of in redraft situations, names that have been on dynasty radars already. Um, but number one, guys that I'm just picking up to play right now, Rondell Moore is owned in 50% of leagues and is officially taking like 80% of the snaps right now in Arizona. Mm-hmm. He's the true wide receiver too. And that offense appears to be getting better consistently. This week they play Seattle, who has been playing really, really good of late. But he's a guy that I would maybe add and play next week. Um, definitely an option. The other one is straight up Devin Duvernay. Um, if he's an Odin, owned in fifty percent of leagues, if he's available, I'm adding him. He, he's a he's a dude that I can trust. Um, in terms of those dynasty guys, dynasty people have had kind of their their antennas up here. But bottom line, I mean Isaiah Pacheco, um, rookie running backs coming off of buys, just kind of start to tear it up. He's already getting the goal line looks. He's been named the starter. He's a guy that if you have depth in your league. I would absolutely grab him and let him sit and, and see what happens in terms of that. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I think the Brian Robinson uh, little excitement, mm-hmm. I, I got to say it's over. You think? <laughs> I'm dropping him this week. Really? Yep. Yep. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm doing it. Dynasty, I'm still obviously stashing him. Is there any other guys that stand out to you as drop candidates? Um, I don't really have many drop candidates for the week. Um, if I were to drop anybody this week, I don't even know who it would be. Probably Irv Smith. Fair. <laughs> like, yeah, clearly. Uh, TJ Hawkinson comes in. Irv Smith role is diminished. Mm-hmm. Um, that's about the only drop I would probably consider. I'll give you a big name to keep your eye on. What's that? Who's that? Cortland Sutton to drop keep your eye on it really I think pretty quick here he's going to be the third best receiving option and you're not picking this guy up this week because of the buy but next week I'm putting Chase Edmonds back on my squad after he got traded to Denver who has been running back needy and if you've watched the Broncos they love to dump it to the back out of the backfield right now Chase Edmonds is going to be a PPR nightmare for people and he's rostered in 51% of leagues. Yeah. Um for dynasty though, I would consider adding Khalil Herbert. Uh, yeah, if if he's not already stashed, yeah, I like, he's I would trade for him. I would probably yeah, if you could probably trade something mm-hmm. that's not a high value for you right now, I'd probably consider doing that. He's the future running back in Chicago. The other name I'll, I'll throw up on your radar um in dynasty going to sound a little crazy when I say it at first, but think a little deep about it. Zach Moss just got traded from Buffalo Thought to you Indianapolis. Hines here. No, I don't. I don't. I don't see the value there in Dynasty. But but Zach Moss is a guy that's still young. He's shown flashes in Buffalo. He's going to back up JT. And I'll tell you what. I think you could have the goal line vulture and the pain in the neck to Jonathan Taylor owners for the next five years. And if that's the case, you might be able to package him up and send him to that JT owner for a little bit of picks for the handcuff. Just. A guy that I know for a fact I have dropped in Dynasty Leagues, and it wouldn't shock me if he's been dropped in other leagues. Uh, you know, potentially take advantage of that. I'm not blowing a lot of fab on him, but, I mean, my big fab guy in, in Dynasty is, is if he's still there somehow, some way, get Isaiah Pacheco. Make the trades, too. Like, go through, do it. The other guy to keep your eye on, if he's available in your Dynasty League, he might be at this point is Kadarius Tony. Um 
if somebody didn't jump and grab him over the bye, do it now. Blow your fab there. I think he's going to be very valuable for the Chiefs down the stretch run here. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what Kadarius Tony does. He's been a disappointment for me. But I think that he finds himself in an Andy Reid offense and he can explode. But you never know, man. You never know with players who kind of fall off the deep end and then come back. Boneheads tend to do bonehead things, but Andy Reid seems to have a tendency to fix dudes that have problems. Yeah, he never got his hands on Antonio Brown, though. That's that's true. But that is that is the problem. Yeah, that's that's the, would have that, saved Antonio Brown and many Twitter people's feeds. I uh, a I of, a lot of eyes. I set eye up source. I set up notifications on his Twitter. Oh, his Twitter cracks me up. Let's let's get that clear. It's a it's a Antonio, goddamn electric it's a, factory. It's a must follow Twitter it, at this point. Yeah, hundred I mean, percent. It's a must like know what he's posting just because whatever he's gonna say is some funny shit. Oh, absolutely. Um, what do you want to roll into next here? I say we go, let's just talk, give some trade grades um, to teams. Uh, so there were, if you don't know already, there were 10 transactions that happened yep. um, in this NFL trade day. Mm-hmm. So the most that has ever occurred yep. in the NFL history was 10. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's... I think it's a talking point. Absolutely. So, it is. Um, um, I'll start with the dynasty one just to get it out of the way. Uh, obviously, Calvin Ridley is suspended for the rest of the year. Yes. Um, and he's not going to make an impact on the Jaguars this year. Um, I would even go as far to say that I think the Jaguars are probably in a let's pack this thing in and try again next year mode. Yep. Wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if that's the direction they're headed. Um, with that being said, I love – the Ridley trade, uh, the fact they got him for a five and a six. Um, well, that five is extremely conditional. Did you see the conditions on it? Oh uh, no, I didn't see the conditions uh, on it. They're, I'm not gonna say they're outrageous, but mm-hmm. people say, "Oh my gosh, the Chicago Bears just got Chase Claypool for a second. Why wouldn't they go after Kelvin Ridley for a five and a four or a five and a six? Mm-hmm. Well, here is the conditions for that. It was actually a fourth rounder, 2024 fourth rounder that is going to the Jags, mm-hmm. going from the Jags to the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Oh, so this is for the Jags. Mm-hmm. So this is what they're giving up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it stays a fourth if Calvin Ridley is on their roster. So he just has to clear the roster, just make the roster. It's a fourth. Okay. It's a third if he reaches a undisclosed um, wording of incentive. So... 10 touchdowns, you know. I, I was going to say. A thousand yards. Like, it could be, uh, imagine, it could even be snap percentage. I would imagine it's a game start number. Uh, yeah. A so, guy that's had a, a suspension like that, and he has a slight injury Yeah, history. so mm-hmm. it goes to a three if Ridley reaches certain incentives, and it becomes a two if he gets signed to an extension. So everyone's saying, oh, my gosh, you know, they Calvin Ridley was really just traded for, uh, what was it? A fifth and a fourth. Yeah. So he was traded for, what, a fifth and a fourth. Mm-hmm. But the conditions on that fourth are, uh, I just can't see them not meeting those conditions. No, I, I would agree. I think it's uh, it's something that definitely gets done. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, uh, I think it's a really good trade for Jacksonville. Um, I think you get to add a guy that can be a go-to receiver for, realistically, I, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, if he is the truth. Yep. I'll tell you what, this is a hot take that I've had. 
and I've gotten out in front of it. I don't think it's as hot anymore, but and you're going to love to hear it. But right now, as things stands, the best quarterback, the best second-year quarterback right now is Justin Fields. Agreed. And if you're going to protect Lawrence from busting, you need to put wide receivers, talented players around him. I mean, yeah. So, I I mean, yeah. I don't even know where to start with the uh, with the Bears trades. Um, We'll roll into that. Sure. Um, We'll roll into that later. So, I mean, there were some other. I'm just going through the list of trades. So not just from today, but from earlier in the sure. in the season. I mean, there was one between Vegas and the Patriots for an offense tackle. No one really cares. Yep. Um, the Deion Jones one for Cleveland. I loved that one for Cleveland. If anyone knows who Deion Jones is, linebacker yep. from Atlanta, good trade. Um, then there was the Robbie Anderson trade for Arizona. Yep. I, we haven't talked about that. I mean, that had fantasy implications in a way. But now that we're, what, two, three weeks past it, there's not really many fantasy implications. Yeah, Robbie it, Anderson hasn't really done much. It seems that Rondell Moore kind of took his job. Uh, yeah. So, bottom line. I uh, think that – I kind of think that Arizona got fleeced. I agree. 2024 sixth round and a 2025 seventh round. Giving up uh, draft capitals really frowned upon. Yeah. So – Absolutely. Um, then we moved to the Christian McCaffrey, I, which I, uh, second round draft pick, 2023, 2023 third round, 2023 fourth round, 2024 fifth round. Uh, works out for both teams. So it, when you, yeah, when you put the when you put it into a value chart, the the old Jimmy Johnson value chart, it works out that essentially the the 49ers traded the fourth overall pick for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, but he just became the third player in NFL history to throw, run, and catch a pass or yeah. a touchdown in a game. Um, <clears throat> I I said this to a lot of people, and that is uh, a, a generation prior, and I've seen a lot of highlights of it, um, but Terrell Davis and the Mike Shanahan offense mm-hmm. uh, was the scariest thing that ever graced this planet in the NFL for a while. He was running for 2,000 yards easy. And he would have ran. I mean, there was a year where where he did not play in a halftime, and ran for two thousand yards. Mm-hmm. That's how scary he is. And you know, you saw what he did against the Rams, who's the number one rush defense in the NFL. Yep. When you put a superstar running back into that offense, it's going to be scary. I think it's valuable. I think. See, I think it works out great for absolutely. both teams. I mean, the, the Panthers, Panthers need, need to rebuild, um, mm-hmm. and they just got four picks out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that this makes the 49ers more, more of a Super Bowl contender. Not that they weren't a Super Bowl contender. I would say that they were a to me, NFC, they were, uh, championship contender. To me, they were, they weren't Super Bowl tier. Yeah. They had to have, they needed another piece. And I think any help that Jimmy G can get checking down mm-hmm. is great help. And Christian McCaffrey offers that Debo, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. That's pretty stacked. To me, the what what the hamstringed problem of the 49ers roster was going to be for them to get and win, win a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. they were going to have to play two perfect games in a row, which yeah. is really, really hard to do in the NFL. When you add a high-end player like Christian McCaffrey – it now gives an opportunity for you to have a margin of error, and yep. he'll win you a game. So, yep. 
that's that's just me. Uh, we'll move on to the next trade that happened, which was James Robinson heads to New York. Yep. For a 2023 conditional sixth round draft pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure the conditions of that draft pick I, off the top of my head. I'm going to assume it's something to do with playing time. Usually is a snap uh, count. That's, yep. Yeah, it's a snap count thing, snap percentage, yep. um, games played. And uh, for him, I know he's on a contract year. It's expiring, yeah. Yeah, so it might, it might be like a Calvin Ridley thing if they re-sign him or something. Sure. But, um, I like it for the Jets because yeah. they are very running back depleted. Yeah, after they, Brees Hall went down, so I like Michael Carter and James Robinson splitting reps. I even like it for fantasy. Yeah, fantasy owners. I think it, as this might sound bad, I think it drives up the value of Michael Carter. I do too. For the sense that if he was taking constant reps, mm-hmm. like injury is inevitable. Yep. For him. And not only that, I feel like he'll probably – he might get – I mean, we haven't really seen much. He might get goal line carries taken away. So Might not. Um, I You can't judge this trade off of one game. Mm-hmm. So you know what I, I mean? What I'll say is when Brees Hall started the season, mm-hmm. he was getting what I would call non-valuable fantasy carries. Yeah. Right? He was getting the carries essentially between the 20s. Yep. And then – Four-minute and two-minute drill offenses, he was being taken off the field. Yeah. So I would imagine, and, and Michael Carter was getting goal line work and was getting all the receiving work. Yep. I would imagine those things don't change. That's how I would think, but at the same time, I think James Robinson might be a better back than Michael Carter. Oh, that's a hot take. I, I love like James him. Robinson. I'm I, sorry. I think he's I think he's a good back. I think I he's a— uh, I think he's a different back than what most— um, perceive him to be. I think he, I still think he is that superstar potential we've seen a year or two ago. I think he needs a year to figure out his Achilles situation, um, and and then I would I would totally buy in at that point to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at that point, that that's that's kind of the thing I need to see. What's that next trade there? The next trade, um, it was nothing nothing that we really would talk about. Yeah, I nothing mean, fantasy relevant. Jonathan Hankins uh, to the. Dallas Cowboys from the Raiders. Good old D-tackle, baby. Now, this is not... I guess it... I suppose it could be fantasy relevant. Um, Robert Quinn going to the Eagles. Mm-hmm. I suppose there is a fantasy relevancy with... I uh, I could only assume, I would hope, that that puts the Eagles offense on the field a little more. That's what I would imagine. Um which is a problem I mean, that they don't need. <laughs> the Bears got a fourth-round draft pick out of it. Yeah. Um, for me, a lot of Bears fans disagree with me. I think that's a fleece. I do, too. Uh, Robert good. Quinn's 32 years old, if you don't know. Yep. This season, he's got one sack and six tackles. Mm-hmm. It's pretty dog shit. Um, and he's 32 years old on a really large contract that Chicago never should have gave him. Yeah. So... Um, I think that the Bears got what they needed out of him. I like what Ryan Poles did in that trade. Absolutely. I like what the Eagles did. They they needed an edge rusher. And Robert Quinn, I think that schematically he wasn't the greatest fit for the Bears. And he also didn't have anybody interior or opposite side of the ball of yeah. him, like a Khalil Mack that he used to have that helped him shine. Yeah. And I think when you go to 
Philadelphia, he'll probably get more of that. Yeah, I, I think for the Philadelphia side, it gives them pass rusher depth with the something they need, I think, to compete for a Super Bowl. Yep. And you said it, it keeps their offense on the field more. Yep. From the Bears side, um, I, I full heartedly agree with you. He's an aging defensive end that is not going to be a contributing member of this team moving forward. Mm-hmm. And in the NFL draft, a fourth round pick is still a starter for you. So you yeah. tr- you traded. There's guy. been a lot of fourth round. Like yeah, a lot of people don't realize there's a lot of fourth rounders that uh, end up playing significant e- snaps. Signif- significant snaps within their first year. I mean, hell, Buffalo's playing a, for- a fourth round corner starting him. Yeah, I, I mean, bottom I mean, line, you're an injury as a fourth rounder. You're literally an injury away from seeing the field uh, really uh, yeah. significantly. Ro- really outside of uh, outside of six round picks. At, at that point, it, it's kind of developmental guys. Yeah, I but, mean, the Bears start a fifth rounder. Yep. At, and he's graded out uh, in PFF as the uh, second best alignment. There you go. So, like I said, I mean, y- anything below either sixth or seventh is pretty valuable in the NFL. Absolutely. And I'd still value sixth and seventh rounders. I think picks are valuable. Absolutely. Um, they are. And the league that is the NFL now. We'll move on to the next one, which has a lot of fantasy implications. Yep. Um, Kadarius Tony. Love it. Um, I love it for Kadarius Tony. Hopefully he figures his shit out. I love it for Kansas City in a way, and I love it for the Giants because the Giants got a third-round um, comp pick mm-hmm. and then a sixth-round uh, pick, both 2023, so that's basically immediately affects them, which they needed. Yep. And I wouldn't be shocked if the Giants find a way to move that comp pick um, in the offseason to maybe move up even to get a quarterback. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know their plans with Daniel Jones. But to me, it feels like the Giants might be a quarterback away from significant like consideration. Because if you give... If you give Dabble any other quarterback other than Daniel Jones, yeah, good old ski ball. I yeah, I feel like he could probably do a lot more. Like he's, he's done a significant he, amount. Yeah, of like Jones. I feel like if you give him, I literally feel if you give him a, like you can literally give him any other quarterback in the league. Like yeah. name another quarterback, let him develop his own quarterback. Yeah, and I feel like it it becomes something. Even if they draft a quarterback in the third round, you can. You can find good quarterbacks in third rounds. I think I think they're definitely gonna take one in the first round. I think that's their plan. Yeah. I think they're beating the hell out of Daniel Jones on purpose. Um, I, at the end of the day, I, I really like this trade, uh, really for both teams. I will remind people that when Travis Kelsey got in the league, he was an immature shithead that was drafted in the third round in Cincinnati for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's because he was a he was a clown off the field. Um, he behaved like an idiot. Um, and he, he didn't have a lot of production to his name. Uh, he went into the Kansas City system, and they taught him how to be a grown man, number one, and how to contribute. Um, you know, the, the off-the-field issues surrounding uh, Tyree Kill are extremely well-documented, and I won't comment on them here because uh, I, I don't feel I have to. Uh, but they brought him in and were able to fix a lot of his problems, and, and he was able to contribute to the success of their football team. Uh, Kareem Hunt is another guy that um, had issues. Um, they fixed some of them and were able to um, obviously put him in a better situation. He obviously made more poor choices, and that's why he's a Cleveland Brown at this point. But 
the Chiefs have a really good track record of taking guys who have been cancers in locker rooms, dirtbag dudes, have had problems off the field, and have found a way to make them successful and and contribute to their offense. And Contarius Tony is is a problem on the field, and and I think there's no reason to expect that they won't do the same thing here. Yep. Um, The next um, uh, pick, you know, brings a tear to a man's eye. Um, The Ravens snag Roquan Smith from the Chicago Bears. I will. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll talk on it first but, to, to um, make you feel better. Oh, I feel great about it. I just I have some. I, I have just some have thoughts. an emotional connection to Roquan Smith. Okay. He just he was the the shining star on my shitty team. Yeah. That's why I loved him so much. You know what? I there's one huge positive I see out of this. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go buy his jersey for thirty nine ninety nine. Love that. Um, because you know, here's the thing: the Bears have a history of just making. And drafting and creating absolute dog linebackers. Absolutely. So I won't be surprised if we find his replacement. Like find a decent. Like I never worry about the Bears line linebackers. Yeah. Uh, um. But yeah, hurt. But this is this is kind of the trade that kicked off the whole like trade deadline week. bonanza. Yeah. Like everyone started dealing after this. Um. So you can say your thing, and then I will. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll go in on how I feel about Chicago doing it and how I feel about how it works out for Baltimore. So I'll, I'll tell you right now, I think it was maybe the dumbest move Baltimore could have made. And I, I don't make a business of date, of doubting the Baltimore Ravens organization because no. it usually plays out poorly. Um, we've seen that time and time again. Good organizations are run the right way. Yep. Um, so number one, um, I don't think – that the off-the-ball linebacker position is incredibly valuable in today's NFL. Bottom line. Um, the other part of this is I don't think the Baltimore Ravens are an off-the-ball linebacker away from winning a Super Bowl, which is the gamble they made when they traded essentially two starters, a two and a five, for Roquan Smith. Yep. And the other part of this is that Roquan Smith is on an expiring contract. Do you know who else happens to be on an expiring contract this in Baltimore? This is my big argument, Lamar Jackson. Bingo, bango. Have Do you fun. think you have that kind of money laying around? Because I don't. I don't think any organization does right now. No. Um, yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the issue. The best part about this trade, if you were to really look at it, is you got a second-round pick for Roquan Smith, okay, which he was a good Just player. Got, which that second-round pick. I believe it became Chase Claypool. Uh, actually, it didn't. I take that back. The other, the Bears' original second round. I mean, uh, yeah, but you get the second round pick from Baltimore, and now yep. you're good trading your second round pick. Yeah. That second round pick becomes Chase Claypool. When you take a wide receiver in the second round, you are hoping he becomes Chase Claypool. Yeah. Bottom line. So you already win there, yep. uh, and, and this kind of rolls in the Claypool trade. Yeah. And bottom line, the. The recipe for success right now and the thing you need to see in the future is Justin Fields be successful. Yeah. And Roquan Smith, as great of a player as he is, doesn't help Justin Justin Fields become a better quarterback and a more successful quarterback than Chase Claypool does. No. Um, so here's my um, two cents. Not that it really uh, matters to anybody other than me and my Bears fans. <laughs> Roquan Smith was everything for us. He was our defense. Yep. The dude was averaging like 12 tackles a game. Uh, there's not much else to say other than the dude's a beast. 
I still think he'll average 12 tackles a game just because he's a ball hawk. He finds how to get to the ball. Yep. Um, I like it for the Ravens for this year and this year only. And the reason I say that is they're going to pair up Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith. And they're two players that do different and, things. Yeah, and I like that um, for them. And I, I also like it for – Roquan Smith is not bad in coverage. He's a pretty good coverage he, linebacker. He's great in coverage, like, and Patrick Queen doesn't seem to know how to go backwards. No, exactly. And the other thing is Roquan doesn't – Roquan's the full linebacker. Absolutely. I think he – see, I'm partially biased, but I would argue that Roquan Smith might be top two probably not two linebacker in the league that's not a bad argument um i honestly do think he's the number one linebacker now here's the thing for baltimore um you give up aj klein not really a known name to many people but that's mm-hmm. going to fill the hole for the bears yep um gives them a player um i mean he'll probably stay with the bears for whatever his contract is i didn't look into that nor do i really care the dude's kind of a bum um he's been in the league for 10 years he's 31 years old i'll take it yep um, the sad part for the Bears is that they had to trade away their star, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Roquan's, what, 25 years old? Yeah. Uh, you could build a defense around him, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. just not the defense that the new coaching staff wants to run. Um, and here's my thought process for Bears fans. Roquan Smith, we're not going to re-sign him this year. He's asking 20 mil um, a year, which is outrageous for a linebacker uh, yeah, and off the ball linebacker he does not rush the passer um yeah so that's outrageous for um just any linebacker to ask bobby wagner never asked that no um ray lewis close. never asked that i think close um so that's that um and here's here here's what i need to beat into bears fans huds we gave roquan to we what this Bears organization has done is they've taken their players and they've done them a favor. Mm-hmm. They've gone and put them in favorable situations. They've put them with contenders. And that's all I can ask for. Guess what, Robert Quinn? Thank you for your time. You're in a favorable you're 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 going to a contender. Yep. Roquan, you're going to a contender. Yep. Now here's what Bears fans really need to understand. We got AJ Klein out of it. Don't really care. We got two draft picks out of it. We got two draft picks for absolutely nothing. Guess what? I hate to break it to you guys. We weren't going to the playoffs, and we sure as hell weren't winning no Super Bowl. So Roquan Smith's year was a throwaway of a year. Yep. This year. We're not re-signing him. Yep. Throwaway of a player at that point. Yep. Um, so, I mean, t- considering we got a second and a fifth out of it, that's that's great. Yep. Because you literally got two picks for nothing and a player. Yeah. So, I mean... I'm I'm very satisfied and happy with the trade. I think the the Bears front office is actually killing this um trade. I, I think they're killing what they're what they're doing. I really like what they're doing here. Um I just saw a thing. They have like over two hundred and or not two hundred. I forgot their cap space. It's crazy. It's, it's like, like seventy five million. Uh I think it's in the hundreds now, hundred twenty five. Yeah. Um it's uh yeah, it's it's absolutely outrageous, and they also have the most draft picks of any um, of any uh, team in the NFL mm-hmm. going into this year, this upcoming year's draft. So, yeah, I think that we. I mean, 
I think that we're going to be good. Our projected pick right now is the 12th pick in the first round. Mm-hmm. Not worried. Um, I think we can do something good with that. Um, so this upcoming year, we have over $120 million in cap space, which for an NFL organization, that's absolutely wild. That's crazy. It's a lot of money. So I know a lot of our listeners are Bears fans, so the Bears are still the Bears. Mm-hmm. Hopefully this um, front office can turn things around, and I think they're going down the right path. Mm-hmm. you got to build through the draft. The Rams built through free agency. Now look at where they're at. Mm-hmm. They're, uh, the, like, I, I hate to break it to you, but the NFL is truly a league. It's not the MLB. Nope. The MLB is built through trades and yep. through kind of the draft. It's built through your farm system and mm-hmm. trades. Same with hockey. Um, hockey, same way. Yep. And the NBA is built through free, free agency. agency. The NFL is truly, truly, truly dynamic draft. in itself that it is built through the the tra- uh not through trades but the through the draft so i like what the bears did i think it's a great idea you get something for nothing um and that's really all i can ask for as a bears fan ravens fans enjoy them mm-hmm. i think it's i think i mean enjoy the guy i'm gonna, i'm still going to buy that damn jersey for like 39.99 hell yeah even if it's 49.99 i got briggs i got urlacher we got buckus somewhere i got singletary's mm-hmm. like Add to the like. I'm adding to the Bears collection. I even have a Leonard Floyd one. What like, a hoot! Oh yeah, I mean he wasn't bad on the Bears to be fair. No, once he figured it out. I have a Khalil Mack one. I don't count him as a linebacker though. He's he's an edge rusher. Yep. But we'll move on to the next one because this is some piddly diddly bullshit. If I've ever seen it. Okay, here's my reasons. It's an unwritten rule in all of sports. Yep. That you do not trade in the division within a division. Don't do it. You don't do it. No, unless it's baseball. Baseball can get away with it if it's like farm players. You yeah. don't trade big names. And what the Detroit Lions did is Cowardice. truly cowardice. Detroit, just Detroitly. Same it's old, not a word, but it's Detroitly. I just same, made it up. Same old Lions. And the Minnesota Vikings. Screw you too, because you you also. You also disregarded the unwritten rule. Yep. And, hey, I think it's a great trade for the Vikings. It's don't, a steal. Don't get me wrong. Um, yeah, you get uh, TJ Hawkinson, who I value as, I think he's a great tight end when you put him in a great offense. Yep. And I think that he's going to become a good, he's a good piece for this offense. Um, they all Somehow, in some way, Minnesota gets a fourth rounder out of this and another conditional fourth rounder a 2023 and a 2024 that's outrageous and they give up 2023 second round which i think is what the the asking value should be yeah for tj hawkinson in general i agree is a second rounder yep but now the the vikes also get two fourth rounders out of it and they gave up a third round a third rounder and i would i wouldn't even say that it's over, it's really overreaching for the Vikings to give up that third rounder, even if they didn't receive those two fourth rounders. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. I think TJ Hawkinson's a high valued tight end in this league, and that if he's put in the right system, he could truly become a Mark Andrews type tight end. Like he's talented enough to do it. Absolutely. And he blocks better than Mark Andrews. Yeah. the The biggest thing to me um, is it, it's it's the same old Lions move. <laughs> 
um, bottom line. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and it sucks, and it means that the Lions are punting on the season, which sucks even more, and it means that Dan Campbell's probably out. Uh, um, I think this really regresses the Lions in the, their front office. Mm-hmm. Everybody kind of, all my um, buddies that are Lions fans and my Lions, uh, like the Twitter feed of the Lions that I, I, I see are all saying, like, what is our front office doing? Yeah. Like, we gave away that type of, that caliber of a player for nothing. Like, we didn't get much out of it. So. Sure, and, and I see I see frustration on both sides because I've had Lions fans say like he hasn't been the guy we thought he was going to be when you take him at ten, and and I get that, and I I've seen flashes of it. I think it shows that Minnesota's all in this year. Yeah, um, they're sitting at six and one, and and they think I disagree that they're the best. They're the second best team in the NFC behind Philly, and and I don't see that. But yeah. shout out to them for saying that you know what this is our opportunity and let's go take advantage of it and, and good for them and, and if they think Hawkinson's the guy that pulls the whole thing together and makes Cousins look like a Super Bowl winning quarterback good for them so yeah. that that's my thought I mean, yeah um, we'll move on to the next trade and this trade uh, another one that hits close to home um, uh, Chicago receives Chase Claypool gives up um, a 2023 second round draft pick to the Pittsburgh Steelers um We've so, talked about this a little bit already. Yeah, so I'm a Notre Dame fan for those of you who who don't know me. And if you follow me on Twitter, um, I tweeted, um, the Chicago Bears are assembling the 2017-2018 Notre Dame offense. No kidding. Um, that offense had Chase Claypool, Cole Komet, and Equinamia St. Brown. Um, what a bunch of goats. Yeah, so... I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure they made the college football playoff and a deep run and all those um, things, right? They. Oh, I'm trying to remember. I think they were 11 and two that year, so they probably made. Yeah, I mean, they for sure made a bowl game. I don't know what bowl game, but they made a bowl game, and I'm gonna assume they probably got dick slapped by Bama. Um, uh, so yeah, and now back to the trade. I love this trade for the Bears, and this is me kind of being biased. But you know what you're getting out of a second-round wide receiver that's already a... Like, you don't have to... There's no risk in drafting a second-rounder. And another thing is the Bears don't have anybody of size. Mm -hmm. Now, Nikhil Harry, you can say he's of size, but he's not a go-up-and-catch-the-ball, chase Claypool, let me go and get that thing, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So I, I like what Chase Claypool presents for the Bears. Um, I think this helps Justin Fields because we've seen that Justin Fields likes to throw his long ball. He likes to throw jump balls. Darnell Mooney, not a jump ball type of guy. He's a get crafty, get open type of guy. Um, So I like it. And this actually, um, I like it for for Pittsburgh too. They're going to go into a rebuilding phase. Um, They might have their quarterback. We'll see. I like Kenny Pickett a lot. I do too. Um, We'll see if they... If they have their quarterback, they can start building around them. Um, so that's that's that. I'm gonna leave that um, yeah. where it's at. Also, let me add one comment. This makes it where the Bears don't have the worst wide receiving core in all of the NFL. I agree. Um, the Green Bay Packers have entered that role. Yeah. So fuck you, Green Bay. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll take my time to talk about Claypool um, as I already did so, um, and hope you don't get triggered about the the Packers here. Uh, but Packers fans all in the DMs, uh, pissed about them not making a move. 
Don't be surprised. The Packers don't sign free agents. The Packers don't trade for people. They draft people, and that's it. No, uh, rumor on the block. Rumor on the block says that um, Green Bay was so desperate they offered a uh, they offered a second rounder, and obviously the Bears' second rounder is a higher draft pick than Green Bay's will be. Mm-hmm. And Pittsburgh asked for more. Oof. Pittsburgh asked for more because that's how Oof. desperate the. Uh, the Packers seemed so. Oh, all right. Um, Bears beat you. Front office gotcha. 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 So. Uh, count that as a Bears win. Yeah. Uh, bottom Chalk line. it up as a W. Yep. Um, and just for reference, the 2017 2018 Notre Dame team uh, went undefeated in the regular season and then uh, was gifted a present from Clemson in the uh, first round of the college football playoff that year. Um, and, and we don't really want to talk about that game, do we? Remind me of it. What was their record that year? Uh, they were eleven and zero going into the college football playoff. Oh, and so they were eleven and one on the season. Yeah, and, they got uh, yeah they got uh, ordained by those Clemson yeah, Tigers, they were, which they're going to beat this weekend. Um, I think there's a good if DJ Aguga who gives a fuck starts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that. Uh, <laughs> I think that uh, Notre Dame's got a good shot at winning, but if it's the little white boy, I think that Notre Dame might be shit out of luck. There we go. So that's my take on that game. Uh, we don't really talk college sports that much, um, but hopefully Notre Dame pulls out the win and ruins Clemson's hopes because I cannot stand Clemson. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, back to the uh, trades. We still have a few more trades to go, um, and these get into bigger names. So, uh, yeah, we'll move on from DJ Aguga, who gives a fuck. Um, <laughs> so Pittsburgh received, uh, these don't really pertain to fantasy much, uh, Pittsburgh received William Jackson III and a conditional seventh rounder. Who cares? Yeah, Washington gets a sixth rounder. Ah, who really gives a shit? Uh, now, here's a big-named one. Uh, I know the strikes close to home for you, and personally, I love it for the Denver Broncos. Yep, uh, um, I do as well. Denver gives up Bradley Chubb, a 2025 fifth-round draft pick. And uh, Denver receives Chase Edmonds, a 2023 first-round and 2024 fourth-round. Um, the fact that you got a first-round for Bradley Chubb and Chase Edmonds in the same title is pretty impressive. Yep. Um, Chase Edmonds, serviceable back. Uh, first-round draft pick, you never know what you could turn that into. Um, fourth-round draft pick, once again, we mentioned earlier, fourth-rounders can be starters at times. Yep. Um, injury away. And you gave up a fifth rounder. I don't really mind that. I think that Miami has officially declared they're all in for the next two to three years. I agree. And if they don't win a Super Bowl, they are entering poverty franchise stage. There you go. So uh, shout out shout out DJ. Uh yep. yeah. Um, I'll give you my thoughts. Um number one, um I walked into the day being uh, I really, really wanted to trade Bradley Chubb. Um, I've loved Bradley Chubb as a player. Um, I appreciate everything he's done as a Denver Bronco. Um, he has been hurt a lot of the time as a Bronco, and, and a lot of that's out of his control. When he's been on the field, he's been uh, a very, very good player, and he has been very much so worth a first-round pick um, end of the day. When I look at this Broncos roster, um, they are – Good quarterback play away from being a really good team. They're an OC head coach away from being a really good team. That's what I would uh, I, I would happen to agree with you. 
And See, here's why I loved it for Denver. Yeah. And I, I think you'll agree with me. You guys have depth at the DN position. Very much so. So Baron Browning has come on and established himself as a dude that when he rushes sometimes, I text my dad and be like, is that 58 or 56? Because he looks a lot like Von Miller. Like, I, I don't think you guys – like, I think this is a win for you guys. Yeah. I think this is – a slight L for Miami. Yeah, I, um, I would agree. I, 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 when you look at what Miami, so San Fran sold their soul trading up for Trey Lance. Yep. And out of those first round draft picks, um, basically the Dolphins acquired Waddle, Hill, mm-hmm. Chubb. Yep. So for Dolphins fans, yeah, Merry Christmas, but. Y- you're gonna have to find a way to pay a lot of people. Yep. Very soon. Yeah. You're I gonna mean, have to find a way to rebuild draft stock very soon, and I don't necessarily know how you do that. Yeah, we'll find out. And, it's and it's it's hard to do. Draft yeah, capital is hard to come by. It is. It is. Uh, I think the Broncos need um, to invest a little bit more draft capital into the offensive line. I, I think the right tackle, the like revolving door, has been a struggle for them, and I think that first round pick's an opportunity to do that. Um, Bradley Chubb was probably not going to be re-signed for what he was going to ask for. He was going to be a $20 million guy. And really? the Broncos, yeah, the Broncos weren't going to pay him that. Yeah. Uh, Randy Gregory looked really, really good when he was healthy. Um, I, I talked about Baron Browning. He's been a stud. And the rookie out of Oklahoma, Nick Benito, has looked really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gives us a pick in the first round. Uh, I'm a big fan of it. I, I feel like it worked out really well. Um, on top of it, I really like the ad of Chase Edmonds. It's something that maybe people don't notice. I talked about it in ads. Um, but what's really nice is that Chase Edmonds next year is still is probably going to be the second back on this team. Mm-hmm. And I won't, I won't make any qualms about this. I don't like Melvin Gordon. I didn't like Melvin Gordon when he signed with Denver. I didn't like Melvin Gordon when he was a Charger. I don't like Melvin Gordon. I think he's a fumbler. I don't think he runs hard. Uh, I, I just bottom line, I was not excited about the Melvin Gordon signing. I have never been excited about the Melvin Gordon signing. I thought they should have cut his ass last year. I thought they should have walked, let him walk this off season. Mm-hmm. I don't like Melvin Gordon. Yeah. And they paid him five million dollars to come back. And at that price, I was like, okay, fine, whatever. I'll, I'll I'll eat a little bit crow for one more year. And then he came in this year, and same old Melvin Gordon. And he sucks ass, and then he goes and cries to hack it and gets his way. So if Chase Edmonds is the answer to getting rid of that turd wrapped up in gift wrapping paper of Melvin Gordon, <laughs> then I'm super happy with it. Yep. And I think he is. I think he's a guy that complements what Javante Williams wants to do. And uh, that's that's what I like to see. So um, there you go. That's uh, I'm off my Broncos soapbox. And... I hope Nathaniel Hackett got lost in London. Fair enough. Um, we'll move on to the next trade, which we briefly talked about, basically Calvin Ridley. Um, like I said, it's the fifth round, conditional fifth round and for 2023 for Atlanta and a conditional so-called fourth round. I think it should be listened, listed as a condition, conditional second round. Sure. Because typically when you list um, – when you list these types of trades, mm-hmm. you list what the highest value you can get out of the trade first. You don't list the lowest value. And especially when it's an attainable 
um, condition. Yep. And I think that condition's more than attainable. I'm not really good. I don't really think we need to cover it. We talked about it in pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty good depth. Yep. Um, so we'll move on to the Miami Dolphins and San Fran trade. Jeff Wilson um, for Miami gets Jeff Wilson for a 2023 fifth round draft pick. Uh, I don't know what is the Miami Dolphins obsession with mid to shitty running backs. Well, it's 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 the uh, Kyle Shanahan experience, right? Like, like, uh, yeah, the Miami Dolphins, if you guys don't know, like, they've just kind of had a revolving door of, um, of basically, like, running backs in the past few years. Yeah. Like, Raheem Mostert, not a dude that really makes a wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Jeff Wilson. Another dude that doesn't make you say wow. Yep. Selvin Ahmad, a dude that had three good games. Everyone was like, wow, doesn't make you say wow anymore. No. And then they just had, they had Jordan Howard after he left the Bears. Made you say wow for a little bit. They had Jay Ajayi. Made you say wow for a little oh, bit. Don't, don't forget the magic of Miles Gaskin for three Miles games too. Miles Gaskin. Like, Still on the roster somehow. Uh, Jeff Wilson is now added. And um, not only that, they gave away... Chase Edmonds, who's not a guy that says wow, but he's a serviceable serviceable back. Yep. Like Miami's got a unreal obsession with s- serviceable backs and not backs that make you say, holy moly, we can hand them the ball 14 times a game, 15 times a game. Yeah, so I think, so twofold. This is the 2020 uh, San Francisco 49ers backfield. Yep. J- Jeff Wilson. It literally is. It, it 100% is. Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert uh, were the stars in that backfield. Um, and obviously McDaniels was the OC mm-hmm. for that team. Um, second fold, I think when you run this offense, the the Kyle Shanahan offense, um, yeah. we just talked about the investment that they made into Christian McCaffrey and how valuable running, like great running backs can be great in this offense and, and be a real game changer. Yeah. The flip of that coin is they've made an investment into Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and Tua Tunga Viola, and they've established that they want to throw the ball more. With that being said, this is an offense that when you have two mid serviceable backs, it works and you can yeah. pay them pennies on the dollar. And I think that's what their plan I, is. And I mean, the thing is though, is I don't think that they're really paying extreme pennies on the dollar for those backs. Like they're still giving those backs contracts that you might look at and say, Oh, we got to find a way to eliminate this contract. You know, I, I don't know. I don't, like I'm not sh- entirely sure the contract structure, but I can't. Uh, like, what? How old is Jeff Wilson? I don't know. So Jeff Wilson, is he 26. I so think. yeah, Jeff Wilson's 26 um, out of North Texas. Yep. He is currently on a one-year, one million dollar contract, so vet minimum. Um, yeah. You keep rolling. I don't think Raheem Mostert's on a big deal. They gave the big money to Edmonds, which they're still going to pay. Uh, what about Miles Gaskin? I can imagine uh, they're probably still paying him on the practice squad or something. Yeah, something like that. Uh, I'll pull up Mostert's contract real quick and then obviously roll on through. Uh, Raheem Mostert is on a one-year, $2 million contract. So you've tied in $3 million in two backs. That are the, I would be comfortable giving those guys 20 carries a game between the two of them. Yeah. And then let's see Miles Gaskin. He was... I think he was a um, an undrafted free agent. So with that being said, his contract should be light. Yeah. And he's on a four-year, $2 million deal. So that's about a half a million dollars a year there. Um, 
Uh, Assad is obviously an undrafted free agent. He's on a bargain bin deal too. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what they're doing, I think. Is, I mean, I don't love that idea though. I I don't love it either, but I've seen it have success in this offense, so I don't hate it. Yeah, I, I would mean, rather. So, and in the Chase Edmonds deal, this is the guy they gave the big money to in the off season at a two year, twelve million dollar deal. So that puts him getting um, what six million dollars a year. Yeah. So. I, I understand the rationale of what they're going for. Um, but I think we, we talked about it earlier with Christian McCaffrey is when you make an investment into a top-tier running back in this system, it's a scary thing. Absolutely. So um, Okay, we'll move on. I See, I didn't know the uh, contract structure. Yeah. But I, I would have thought it would have been more than $3 million tied up between those two. But then again, they're only on one year. Yeah, I, uh, I, knew, I knew Mostert was, was a light deal because of the – his hamstring situations, and then I assume Jeff Wilson would be. I don't think he was drafted. So yeah. So I'll uh, I'll move on to our next uh, trade, which would be uh, nothing. I mean, it's between your Denver Broncos again. You guys received Jacob Martin, fifth round pick for a fourth round pick. Yeah, he's a hometown kid from Cherokee Trail High School, uh, CT. Um, good to have him come home. He, he's been okay for the Jets. I, I don't, I don't know a ton about him. I think he got forced out with the uh, the kid they picked out of Florida State. So, okay. no, I mean, nothing um, big. D- depth pick, really. Um, here's another thing. Mm-hmm. So now we have the Bills, Colts trade. Huge fantasy implications. Yep. Naheem Hines, Zach Moss. Obviously, Buffalo gets Naheem Hines. Um, the Indianapolis Colts receive Zach Moss and a conditional fifth round. Once again, um, I'm not too sure what those conditions are. Probably another snap count thing. That's typically how it goes. Yep. Um, Naheem Hines, I like it for the Bills. Um, I think that... I like it for the Bills in real-life football. Yeah, I don't like it for Naheem Hines when it comes to fantasy football. I think it's more of a snap share than what he gets now, obviously, obviously with Jonathan Taylor. I think he might become the lead back because they're such a passing offense. I think they're going to split a lot of the work of Devin Singletary and Naheem Hines. So I think... I think it's a pro Hines situation because I do think he'll be the lead back. I think, yeah, I think he becomes the lead back just because they pass so much. I think it's a real kick in the balls to Devin Singletary. I see. My thing is, I don't think Devin Singletary is anything special. No, um, but he's been serviceable in that role. Um, here's the thing: I would actually prefer. I get that Devin Singletary's twenty-five. Yep, the potential's there. I would honestly prefer to play James Cook over Devin Singletary at this point. Yeah, just because. James Cook has a lot more potential mm-hmm. when it comes to, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, where Devin Singletary's kind of, mm-hmm. y- you know what you're getting, nothing yeah. special. And the reason that James Cook doesn't get those opportunities is he fumbled that very first. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. And he, he started to come into his own here after yeah. the bye. Um, I, I, I still think James Cook has uh, dynasty value. Um, I'm not I'm not ready to sell on him yet. But I think you have three running backs that have very similar identities, which yeah. are all pass-catching guys. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that's been pretty clear. I think clear Hines runs a little harder than Devin Singletary at times. Yeah, I do too. But that's more on the edge. I think Devin Singletary is going to be your guy, your go-to, in moments uh, where you're running between 
between the tackles. Yep. That's about all I, I got to say about that trade. Um, I, I'm a fan I, of Moss. I like it for Indy. Yeah, I, I like Moss going back. Um, big, strong I, power runner. He might goal line vulture JT a little bit. Yeah. I know we talked about it earlier. Yeah. I think I think ND is a little bit in shambles right now. Yeah. They so, they just fired their OC too. Yeah. I it, it's it's a hard hard judge yeah. to see. Um do you want to move on to the next one? Uh not huge names, but for me, since I'm a corner, I was intrigued. Yep. Atlanta got Rashad Fenton from the Chiefs yep. for a seventh round draft pick, which I think is an absolute steal. I would agree. Um because he has flashes where he looks like a real corner, and then he has flashes he, where he see like when he looks I watch awful. him, sometimes he makes me say "Wow," mm-hmm. and then I watch him, and he makes me say, "What the hell was that?" Yeah. So I like it for the Falcons because their very their corner depth is depleted right now. Yeah, Trufant uh, is banged up. Uh, yeah, they're completely they're down bad on corners. AJ Terrell just yeah. um he's sidelined. I think for uh, it was like. I, rest of the year for them it was like eight yeah. to ten weeks rest of the year for the atlanta falcons yeah. so i like it um, whoa 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 falcons playoff team question mark? absolutely not number one in the nfc uh, south I that believe. division is broken okay it's that division should this is this division is the division from a few years back when the, the, NFC, the NFC East beast had a bunch of teams with losing records competing for mm-hmm. a playoff spot. Yeah. So I feel like that's where they're at. Nobody should get in if you the playoffs if you have a losing record. At that point you gotta forfeit your spot to the to a team that deserves it. Yeah, the Denver Broncos. Um, um we'll move sh- on. This should be the at at large team for yeah. either conference we if should, you ask me. We shall move on and the last trade doesn't really pertain to fantasy, doesn't really pertain to anybody, but Buffalo got another safety, Dean Marlowe from Atlanta for a seventh rounder. Uh, I see, I think I see what Atlanta's trying to do. Yep. Um there's trying to trying to add young pieces. Yep. And add uh young talent through draft picks and I mean they're truly rebuilding. I mean it's not it's the blind eye could see that one. So. Yeah. Um they need a quarterback. Yep. Uh, and Marcus Mariota hasn't looked terrible. Nope. But. No, um, they need to find a way to use Kyle Pitts. Yeah, and they did this this week, and they need to find a way to. I don't. We'll go back into fantasy really quick, but Drake London um, production just took a steep, steep, steep fall. Like, yeah, I'm not selling on him. I'm selling on him in redraft leagues. He's a guy that I'm starting to look at as a drop candidate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dynasty, I'm not at all. Um, I think he's he's got. Tremendous upside in Dynasty. See, I'm holding on to him in any league, no matter what. I, I, I think I, I am at this point, too. I, I mean, if Marcus Mariota plays the game he did last week, then keep it. Yeah, I'm just waiting, to me, for the Desmond Ritter experience. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is the, the watermark What? There. Why have—I mean, I'm not fluid on the Atlanta situation. Is he hurt, or are they just not giving him a shot? Um, I think they wanted to sit, number one. Um Trey Lance situation? Yeah, I, I think after Pat Mahomes did it and then lit the world on fire, a lot of people felt a lot better about that whole decision. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they're sitting him for that reason, number one. Uh, as of right now, I mean, we said it, they're a playoff team right now, mm-hmm. whether you like it or not. And whether <laughs> they like it or not, they are. Uh, they abs- I can tell you they absolutely don't like it. I know they don't. But at this point, till the wheels fall off the bus, which – 
I mean, the wheels will fall off the bus and, and the time will come. Right. But realistically, I wouldn't be, I, I think we'll see Ritter for the last like three, four games of the year. If I was a, if I was a betting man, that, that would be my thought. Um, he's a guy that didn't run a very pro style offense mm-hmm. in college. Uh, I think Cincinnati, a very good offense. A lot of it was very RPO based, um, which is not far off from what they're doing in Atlanta. He just doesn't have a lot of experience doing some of these things. And, you know, taking time to learn how to snap the ball under center is a big deal in the NFL. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of the big deal there. And the other part is, like, when you throw a quarterback into a dog shit situation, like, I'll give you an example, Trevor Lawrence, mm-hmm. you can nuke the confidence pretty freaking quick. And, yeah. and, and I think they're going to try and avoid that. And I think they should. I think they're wise to do it. Yeah. Um, I would be excited to see what he can do. Um, but. I think the time will come for him. I think Raiders going to be a really good quarterback in the league, not for anything you can measure on the field, but I think consistently dudes that have have that extra stuff, have mm-hmm. a little bit of balls to them, a little piss in their vinegar, especially quarterbacks, those are the guys that are successful. You Absolutely. Know? And he's a smart kid. Um, he's got a little gusto to him. He plays the game the right way. And, and he handles his business as a mature person. He's a good leader, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, when you think of guys like that, you think of the Tom Brady's, the the Drew Breeses, that you know, so on and so forth. And I think he's uh, he's got a guy. He's a guy that has the potential to do that. So, yeah, that would be my thought. Um, take it for what it's worth. Yeah. Um, I guess the last big piece of news. I'll I'll drop it twofold, um, and then I'll ask you a question. Um, and then we'll, we'll close it out from there. Uh, big piece of news number one, and it pertains particularly to my fantasy team. Uh, Jamar Chase was not placed on injured reserve. That's which, weird. Which means he would be available prior to four weeks. Which is really strange to me because there was so many rumors floating around that he was basically an inevitable for the injured reserve. Yeah. So that's a little concerning to me. Um Maybe they're trying to avoid a situation where, I I don't know. They do this sometimes with guys that are super, super valuable to to whatever they're doing. Like, like like everybody watched Cincinnati last night, Mm -hmm. um, and it became abundantly clear that Jamar Chase is the straw that stirs the drink. Yeah. And um, when you have a guy that's that good, um, there's no reason to put him on injured reserve because if by some stretch of the imagination – he ends up coming back faster than imagined. Yeah, you don't want to have to have him sit in t-shirt and shorts one more week. No. Um, does it mean much? Um, I don't know. See, I don't think there's much fantasy implications to it, other than um, it gives him the ability to come back uh, a week early. Well, I'm going to tell Mason Poloco all about it and how he needs to give me Amon Ross St. Brown now. Um, but, so, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, so that's about, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I love Jamar Chase, obviously. That's a tough injury, though. It is. So. Um, we've seen dudes on our team struggle with it for a while. So. Yes. Um, um, I mean, uh, yeah, difficult injury, difficult way to judge it because uh, reaggravation is a common thing. 
Um, obviously, not in NFL, though, because you have every... Uh, <laughs> you have every resource available to you. Exactly. Uh, the next one, and, and to me, um, I'll jokingly say this was the biggest trade of the day. Uh, the Bills get back Tredavious White uh, from injured reserve this week off of the torn ACL. Love it. Uh, not fantasy relevant, but um, football relevant. Mm-hmm. I think that's huge. Yeah. Um, I think that's huge for them. Makes their defense that much better. Mm-hmm. Makes them that much better. Um, he's a difference maker. Yeah, I um, I agree, and and it means that they got to take those super ex- now now they're experienced rookie corners that have done a good job and slide one of them into a nickel, and and they get to have yeah. more flexibility on the back end of a defense. I think that that's we'll see. Okay. Um, what's that kid's name? Alam, mm-hmm. the Florida Elam. kid, Elam. Yeah, I think we'll see him maintain his spot on the field probably slide yeah i think the fifth rounder might slide into the next spot um i he might see i think he's done a pretty good job they both have i I mean i don't think that they're i don't think you turn your head to any of them no and you could even throw trey right trey white in the next spot to get him some time to come back into it yeah yeah next spot's a tough spot though in the nfl sometimes you get worse harder matchups there True. Like True. when you got to go play a Tyree Kill who will, will line up in that slot. It's scary. Yeah. But I like having Trey White there, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. So, um, what was your other uh, big news? Is that all? That's my big news. Here's my question. Question. Is there any trade that happened today that you feel changes the way you view the rest of the NFL season in terms of who the best teams are? Hmm. Like, does the Dolphins trade elevate them into a higher category to you? I think that would be the the biggest question. Does it put them into the Mm -mm. – because I think there's a tier of Buffalo, Philly, and and Kansas City that kind of stand by themselves. Does the Dolphins trade put them in that tier for you? No. It it doesn't for me either. Uh, That's why I don't think the trade is as valuable as people make it to be. Mm -hmm. Um, Miami fans specifically – DJ specifically. Yep. Um, I don't think that trade elevates them to the next level. I think their defense has its woes in general. Yes. I don't think adding a singular player, especially at the edge position, mm-hmm. is going to change the game. Um, and we can see this with Khalil Mack. I mean, doesn't change the game. For the Chargers defense, we thought it would. Mm-hmm. Once again, we see it with J.C. Jackson. Chargers had J.C. Jackson. Kind of just slow, slow decline. <laughs> or very rapid decline. He's about to be cut. Dude. Yeah. He's about um, to be cut. <laughs> he's the press conference legend right now. That's all they ask mm-hmm. about when they get to the Chargers. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, I, I don't think one player is going to change that defense. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have liked to see, since the Dolphins made that move, I would have liked to see them try and go after one of the commanders, D-linemen, yeah. possibly, to add. I think I think they would have got two defensive pieces. Yeah. Two up-front guys, because uh, I think the Dolphins only have 16 or 18 sacks on the season. Yeah. Uh, that's a horrendous number. Yeah, I, I would have liked to see them add one of the interior pieces off the commies. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I agree. I think the biggest mistrade 
was uh, Brandon Cooks was almost a cowboy. Um, yeah, I think was, that would have. There were so many rumors circulating that uh, he was going to become become a Packer to start the morning. Yeah, then he is going to become a cowboy within an hour of the trade deadline, and sure enough, Brandon Cooks, unfortunately. You're still stuck in Houston. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that would have elevated the Cowboys potentially into that next tier with as good as that defense has played. Yeah. Um, I think Brandon Cooks is a uh, valuable piece I, if I he's agree. put in the right situation. I think I think there's a lot of people that are valuable pieces in correct situations. Absolutely. Uh, but um, sometimes that just doesn't happen for players. Yep. And, yeah, I guess we'll see. I think that the only... I don't really think there's a trade that blew me out of the water today. No, I, I was happy to see the Chubb trade go through, obviously, personally. Yeah, for me, the Roquan Smith trade, that was a good but sad time for me. But, yep. um, uh, yeah, you know, shit happens. And you got to roll You got to roll with punches in the NFL, and teams got to make the most of when they're a contender and when they're not a contender. And ultimately, every team did what they thought was necessary. And some teams didn't do what was necessary, um, also known as the Green Bay Packers. Shout out. Um, and I think that's about – I even think the Cowboys kind of lacked. Yep. I definitely think they could have went and made some moves. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, could have went and made mm. some moves. Because mm. yeah. th- they're just injured all around. Yep. Um, yeah, I think that's about where I would draw my line. Because, yeah, I don't really know who else. Maybe the Rams could have made a move or two. Yeah. Uh, I would have liked to see see them jump at the Camaro bone, but I don't think that was realistically going to happen after his performance on Sunday. Where is another? I can't even. Cam Akers still remains a Ram. Yeah, Cam Akers is going to be a free agent tomorrow, so he'll get a pick where he wants to play. That's what, yeah. Um, then other people are arguing the, that OBJ has not been signed. Oh, is he going to the Packers? Yada, yada, yada. Well, here's the thing, people. You're not going to sign a guy to a league minimum um, for him to play two games. you got to be sure that you're making the playoffs. Yep. Because he's only a playoff player at this point. He is, 100%. Coming off his knee injury. Otherwise, I, I think if you're lucky, you get him for the last two weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. So, um that's why the OBJ thing, that's why that is where it is. So I'll, I'll answer that question for people. Yeah, I think the Chiefs opted for Kadarius Tony instead of him. So. Yeah, which I a younger, cheaper. A more valuable option, Yeah, honestly. Uh, down the road, it's a more valuable option. Yep. Um, sweet. Um, anything else that stands out that you want to get off your chest? Uh, no, other than um, the Bears are going to be good when they uh, – Finish building their stadium. Yeah. And, uh, and Virginia McCaskey dies. Yeah. I don't wish death upon anybody, but the McCaskies are what hold me back each and every year. Have I asked you this question yet? We'll, we'll end it with this. Okay. Okay. Bears had a bye week a couple weeks ago. Yes. Okay. As you know, um, and everybody knows that means they're not playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, George McCaskey, Virginia's oldest son. Yep is the president, CEO, uh, essentially the acting owner of the Bears. Yeah. Do you know what he was doing at 1 o'clock at kickoff time um, Sunday when when the Bears were on by that weekend? Uh, probably slapping some hose on a shirt club. 
Oh, no. He was uh, refing a youth soccer game. Oh, really? Yeah. Where? <laughs> Suburbs of Chicago, baby. Well, I would hope that he was in a strip club. Gosh. I have I have low Ho- hopes for Homeboy uh, Homeboy was in Naperville. Refing <laughs> you. No. Uh, yeah. Um back to the Bears top. Youth soccer. <laughs> wow. Um that just can't be real. He was in Naperville repping youth soccer. Yeah, that's just <laughs> That's unreal to me. a professional football team. You think you should watch the competition? Yeah, he's a billionaire. What a fucking club. No, he's not. He's yeah, not at all. No, he's not. Because he's <laughs> dog shit at managing a franchise that's valued as one of the most valuable franchises. Uh, they would, they would sell for $6 billion, and he has, like, maybe $25 million to his name. Yeah, I'm going to look up. I, I just got to <laughs> look up. Um how much Shit. is he worth? Let's see. Um, you got to take the Bears, obviously, out of the equation. What's going to happen is, um, and, and, and I, uh, again, don't wish death upon anybody, but Virginia McCaskey will pass, and the Bears will not have the money between the rest of the children to pay the 40% um, tax, uh, inheritance tax, and the Bears will go up for sale at that point. So you hundred million dollars. That's how much he's worth. Yeah. So he does not have, um, obviously, um, well, he he doesn't have forty uh, percent of six billion. He doesn't have shit. Let's just say that he doesn't have shit for brains. Doesn't have shit for a pocketbook. He doesn't have shit. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna lay it out on the damn table. He doesn't have shit. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. Gosh, damn, I hate damn McCaskies and everything they've done to me my entire life. You better pray. I, I will tell you right now. Ugh. The Seahawks go up for sale next year. Yeah. You need you need that old bird to kick for two more years because then the, then the Bears will be worth even more when they get up on the market. Oh, the Bears are uh, – I think the Bears are going to be worth quite a bit, and the only thing I can hope is a man with a lot of money, with a lot of dreams or and aspirations. A, or a woman. Yeah, I would take a woman, man, woman, man, child, woman. I don't, I don't even care if you're a donkey, as no. long as your aspirations for the Chicago Bears are to win football games and create a winning franchise. I'm a happy camper. Don't, or, don't, don't say donkey. I, I called C Rice a donkey. Oh, okay. Well, we'll go to a horse. Oh, <laughs> um, a mule. Oh yeah, a mule. So, I mean, the yeah, the Bears are just oh, they depress me. I'm Gosh, sorry. They they make me so sad because you know like they're like this train, you know like uh, he keeps just going higher, higher, higher. He hits the top, mm-hmm. and it's just like the engine gives out and he just rolls all the way back down the hill. Yeah, yeah. That's the Chicago yeah, yeah. Bears. No, and, like, and the best part is the top of that hill is like ten wins. The <laughs> the top of that hill was firing Lovey Smith. Yeah. After a 10-win season. 10-win season. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Don't even get me started. That's that's a rabbit hole that I will never – I will regretfully and painfully go down ever again because that shit pissed me off. Yeah, we need to end this now. Yeah. Or else and you're going to keep going. Yeah, Lovey Smith. And then I had to go through the dog days. Oh, my gosh. The years. Shout out Mark Tressman, baby. Oh, my gosh. You know, I went to a game once. This is a quick story for everybody. I went to a game. We So the tickets were so damn cheap. Like, we were probably, like, we got them, I don't even know how much we got them for, probably 25 bucks, and we were literally in the lower uh, concourse area. 
and I wore a paper bag on my head that said <laughs> something ridiculous. I have a picture of it somewhere, but it was like Mark Trussman eats balls or something like that. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I was featured on uh, like ESPN Bad Beats Best Signs or something. And it was just because I was just a little kid. I was probably like six or yeah. seven or eight. I don't know. Yeah. My dad threw it on me that they thought it was hilarious. And I completely agree. Looking back, like... I was doing the right thing, and Chicago Bears, well, we're figuring it out. You know, we're five years away. I've accepted it five years away from being anything important, being anything of value, and being the Chicago Bears. Our defense still is not terrible, but we're getting there. Yep. yep. We got building blocks. There you go. And so, yeah. Yeah. It's the end of the day. Um, yeah, what a day. Great show. Great, great show. Yep. We had beef. We had trades, we had fantasy. Yep. We had the damn Chicago Bears. I don't know why you brought that up. <laughs> Got my, my my heart rate rising, my blood pressure is high, I'm a heart attack waiting to happen when I talk about the Chicago Bears, but hey, we're down the right road. There you go. Heading down the right road. Yep. Shout out youth soccer. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks everybody. Yep.